Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With me. And uh, I'm going to preach a message on. Thank y'all for being here again. This is a Pastor Appreciation Month, and we're going to do some things at the end of this message. That's why we can't put God in a box, because that might have been the altar call. See, we can't put him in a box and say, I'm going to come later to the altar because maybe that was the altar call. We don't know. We'll see what God's going to do. Amen. But first, I want to pray and ask God. God, I ask that this word will come forth and it'll go to the spirit man. I ask that it'll go past the mind. It'll go past the flesh and it'll hit the spirit man, God, and that the people of God will be encouraged. It's an encouraging word today, and I just pray that encouragement would sweep across this city, sweep across this congregation today, God, that discouragement would come out. Discouragement would leave, God. Sadness would leave because you said the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord, Nehemiah chapter 8, is my strength. Hallelujah. So I refuse to be sad. I don't have to be sad. I don't have to be sad. Is this better, Julie? It still feels sharp here, but she says it's better. Hallelujah. Rhonda does a great job on the sound. I used to have to do a lot of warfare with the sound when I preach, but she does an awesome job. Amen. So my message today is called Rebuild the Temple. Somebody say, Rebuild the Temple. Rebuild the Temple of God. Amen. We know we're the Temple of God, but I'm going to start talking about Nehemiah, and um, I won't read all the scriptures because there's a lot of scriptures, but I'll just kind of share what I saw in chapter 1. Nehemiah asked about Jerusalem. He had moved to Persia, and he had great responsibility in Persia, and he had money in Persia, but he asked about Jerusalem, where he was from. It's like you asking about CrossFit. How's CrossFit? How's the church? How's things going? And so he asked about it, and they said, the walls are broken down. The city's burnt with fire. And he was so distraught because there was a remnant left, and that remnant had great persecution and reproach. And so Nehemiah, he sought God. He fasted and prayed, even though he's wealthy, even though he's doing well. He went to help Persia. He's doing good. He's got destiny in his eyes, but he cared about his city. He cared about his home. So he sought God, and he, he wept and prayed. And he said, God, would you open your eyes one more time? I threw in the one more time. God, would you be attentive to the ears of people in CrossFit? God, would you be attentive to the ones that don't live here, but in their city, they need you to be attentive to them, God, because the walls are broken down. The temple, there's so many altars of Baal. There's so many 
code uh, people that call themselves saved that, that there's no passion for God. There's no cry anymore because they're so discouraged. So Nehemiah set himself to seek the Lord. And he wept and he said, God, I want to go back. I want to go help them. I want to go home. And he went to the king and he said, if I have favor, will you let me go build? If I have favor, can I go home? So I shared this, that when I was in Georgia on the Indian reservation, I had two words spoken to me. And I've been persecuted about them words. People said she just listened to voices. That's why she went home. I don't just listen to voices. I wait on the word of the Lord. And it came through two different ministers, one at the tent and one at the house. And they said, revisit the vision. Actually, he was prophesying over a lady, and he turned to me. I was sitting on the couch praying for her, and he turned to me, and he said, revisit the vision. And I was like, okay, I heard that. I heard that by my spirit. What does that mean, God? So then two nights later, I went to the tent meeting. And this lady from Australia, her and her mother's traveling America to pray for America from Australia and paying their own way. And saw a little sign that was the church. And they came down the dark road on the Indian reservation and said, we just saw this church and we had to come. Well, they let her share that night. And she, she was preaching and she said, redig the wells. Redig the wells. What does that mean? You go back to the wells that you've already dug and it seemed like it don't work. You go back and redig again. Hallelujah. I take all scales off eyes today, God. All closed ears and I command the ears to open right now in the name of Jesus. Because discouragement will make you close your ears. Not want responsibility will make you close your eyes. But God said open your eyes today. Be attentive to the word of the Lord. So he said, I just want to go home and build. So I was in Georgia, and I was, the prophet said, what do you want? Because I gave him money to take me to the airport. I said, this is just a thank you offer. And I don't, he said, no, when you come before a prophet, tell him what you want. See, that's why we have to take prophetic words real. This word took me three days on my face not eating to get Take it for real today. So when a prophet speaks to you, they're not speaking out of their head. If they are, you need to find another prophet. They're speaking by the Spirit of God. And how do you know if they're a true prophet? Because what they say is going to come to pass. So we can be encouraged today that this word's going to come to pass. So I said, oh, okay. I'm in the midst of not knowing transition. I felt released from Conway on a Friday night, but I was still going to go on Sunday unless the Lord. I've been going two years. Why did I go? To help. To help. That's what God told me. You go help. So I would bring people. Sometimes we have 17. Sometimes we had 20. And I'd bring people to help. And so I said, God, I don't know what to do now. I'm hearing these words. What are you saying to me? But see, I didn't step on it because I didn't have a knowing in my spirit. I didn't have a knowing. You can have a knowing what to do. So the last day on the way to the airport, when we got to the airport, his wife hugged me. And I hadn't cried in a long time. 
You know, I worship without the tears. I, you know, I, there's times in our life that feel dry. When I'm going to help another man and can't be home, sometimes it felt dry. Sometimes it was real good. A lot of times it was real good. And I thank God for things I learned there. So I hugged, his wife hugged me, and I started crying just a little bit. Tears came. And I pray that some tears come back to you today. Some tears come back from the place where you've been hardened, your heart hardened because of discouragement. So the prophet looked at me as his wife was hugging me, and he said, we hadn't talked about it in two days. And he looked at me, and he said, God said, what do you want? Just like Elijah looked to Elisha, and he said, what can I do for you now? You've been serving me. So since I obeyed and freedom obeyed and let me go up there for two years, God looked at me and said, what do you want? And I thought about it for a couple of days, Josh, because it looked real good. You know, they got fancy restaurants and rivers and streams, and I can go kayaking with my husband and pretty waters and pretty scenery. And plus, responsibility will be off on me, and it's on that head of the church. So my husband's heart had done turn, and he was willing to move, even though I never asked him. He was coming to me. Are we supposed to move? I never asked him in the two years because God fights my battles. I don't have to fight them. If he told me to go, then he's going to line everything else up. So I thought, God, I don't want Tim discouraged. So, so I just asked him, what did he want to do? He said, God told you to go, and he'll tell you if you need to go home. And so, you know what happened? God gave me a choice. He said, you'll prosper there and you'll prosper if you go home. Which one you want to do? What do you want? Do you know when you pay the price, God will ask you, what do you want? There comes times in your life after you've surrendered to him that he comes back like Elisha, Elijah did to Elisha. What do you want now? And I said... And I don't want this to sound like a martyr, because that's why I said I love our city. Because you can go anywhere from this city right here. If I want to travel, I can travel. But I'd rather have the eternal uh, value of whatever I was called to do to be done when I go to heaven. I'd rather have that than pretty waters and fancy restaurants that's going to burn out anyway. It's going to get old anyway. I said, God... I want to go home and build. I, Angie, wants to go home and build. I want to build, God. I want to build. I want us to finish what we started when you said you called Freedom Ministries to take the city and gave us the keys of the kingdom. Then whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's what I want. I want to go home. And it's been a joy ever since. It's been a joy to be here with you again. So Nehemiah had the choice. Nehemiah had the choice. He's already doing good. And, and he's distraught about his city because I had a dream about this church on that Sunday night. I didn't decide until all these things came and I had a dream about it. And it was the same kind of dream. The city was falling. Things were broken. You know, plywood burned. Things were burnt. 
So I'm saying this to tell you today that whatever looks good to you today, the, the microwave thing, but it's not real. It's not. It's fake. It's fake food. I don't want no fake food. I want the real food. I want the bread of life. I want Jesus Christ, the bread of life. John 6 said he's the bread. Hey. So if I want a fancy restaurant, I just sit down at his feet and I eat. And then if I want something natural, I get in my car and go get it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So chapter 2 talks about he went to the king and he gave him favor and the king even gave him the resources. Oh, you mean if you go home you won't have money? Well, the king gave him the resources to build because he was obedient and our king will do the same. Hallelujah. The king said to Nehemiah, he said, why are you sad? He said, your countenance is down. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Why are we sad? Why are we distraught? Why are we discouraged? Thank you, Jesus. And he came home and he started building. And that's what I want to talk about with this church. This is the rhema. This is the word that God's saying. Do you want to rebuild your city? Do you want to rebuild your city? Do you want to be a Nehemiah, a Ezra? Do you want, you know, Nehemiah and Ezra is really one book. Do you want to build the city? Do you want to rebuild those waste places? Do you want to be a repairer of the breach? Where there's a breach, do you want to stand on the wall and say, not on my time, not on my watch. There's not going to be any breach. Because I'm going to submit to the king and I'm going to do what he's requiring or asking of me and then he gives you the choice see when you already obey him your whole life and you submit like Dr. Sorella he's, there's not one time his book says that he disobeyed God I wish that was me but I don't think that's me so we're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 3 and it says the high priest rose up with the brethren the priest and they builded the high priest didn't think he was too good to build See, sometimes we get positions, we think we don't have to do the other things because we're too good. All we do is teach. We don't mow the yard. We don't do any of that to help build. We're too good for that. Well, these high priests, they didn't think they was too big for it. And you read on in verse 22, chapter 3, it says that he repaired the priest even. God repaired the priest, and he'll repair your heart today to the position that you're supposed to be in God. And some of these men, these mighty men, that's what I call mighty men, that help build no matter what, what the cause, whatever, what you need. You need some chicken? You need me to go to Brewster's and get it? You know, Julia asks people to get chicken and they don't want to miss nothing. Well, I'm asking you, will you build today? Will you build? Will you repair? Hallelujah. Will you find your position in the church and do it? Thank you, Jesus. So the high priest... They came, and some of the men, the Bible says they repaired things more than, than was what they were supposed to repair. That sounds like Julie. Oh, this needs to be done, and this needs to be done, and wait, this needs to be done. That's not too much for me. I can do all those. Some of those mighty men that we look at and think, Adam's too good to be sweeping. <laughs> they went and did extra. They went and did extra. 
So we're going to look at this through the chapters, and we're going to go, chapter 4 is all about the, the opposition that came when they wanted to build. They came and they, uh, verse 1 says, they built the wall. And then it says that the people rose up against them. When you go towards your destiny, people are going to get jealous. They're going to be like, uh, she sings better than me, so I need to quiet her down. She prays better than me, so I need to not help her today because opposition, opposition came. As soon as you get ready to build, opposition's coming. Just look for that. Just say, oh, okay, okay, that's what that is. It's nothing else but that. It's not even the people. It's opposition that's coming to stop us from building. But he says, they became to build in chapter 4. And they built the wall, verse 6. And all the wall was joined together and the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. It takes more than one person to take a city. And y'all, this church does work, so I want to compliment you on that. The breaches began to be stopped, and the other people was in wrath. They were so mad. So what did they do about opposition? Verse 9 says they set a watch. They set a watch where there was no breach, and that's what we've done here. Prayer Monday through Friday, pretty much 12 hours a day, set a watch. So anytime you feel the enemy getting in, it's because the breach is there. It's because there's no hedge around that situation, so pray. Seek God. Set a watch. The Bible says they set a watch from morning to night, and they worshiped and spoke the word of God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that there was so much rubbish, they had to get the rubbish out. Maybe there's rubbish in your heart today. God's saying, get the rubbish out so you can build again. I was on my face one day, and I said, God, why, why isn't the church growing? Which is growing, look at it. I said, why is the church not growing, God? He said, because you got to have a people that will build. You can have a foundation, and that foundation is wonderful. But if nobody's witnessing, if nobody, he said he's the Lord of the harvest to pray for the laborers. That means without laborers, there's no harvest. I'm trying to bring us to earth today that we live in this fantasy land sometimes as Christians that think things are just going to be done, that all of a sudden the church is going to fill up because I'm on my face all day, not till you do the natural, not till somebody goes, knocks on the door and say, we care about you, people's not going to come. I won't say that they won't come because of prayer and fasting. I'm saying it takes both, the natural and the spiritual. It takes both to produce power. Hallelujah. We got to do the natural. We got to have a mind to work. We got to have a mind to build. I can feel someone saying, You're asking me to do something again. Yes, I am. I'm asking you to do something again, to do it for Him, to do it for Him and understand these things are, these things are the way it works. I mean, you think the enemy's going to let you do your destiny without any fight, any persecution? So, but there's victory on the other side of that. There's victory. There's, there's no greater joy than building for God. So I said, why aren't we growing? He said, well, somebody's got to build the prayer. Somebody's got to build the kitchen. Somebody's got to build the souls. 
I said, well, how do we do that? Same way Dr. Marcella did, our spiritual father, for 35 years, said, God, I can't do this by myself. One man behind a pulpit can't do it. So I'm asking you, Lord, to let me put what I have on them so they can help me work. So he released a spirit on them, on us. This spirit of prayer that's here, it's an impartation. This is an impartation, and it came from Dr. Marcella, Pastor Pinson. Then it came down from me, and if you're here very long, that impartation will come upon you. And you say, I can't pray like them. Well, it's an impartation. It's not a struggle. It's not a work. It's an impartation. And I get that by showing up and being there and being around it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So in chapter 7, it talks about Nehemiah set everything in order. What did he set in order? The singers, the musicians, the prayer warriors, the kitchen workers, everything, every gift, he set it in order, whatever the temple needed to be built. Whatever the temple needed to be built, he set it in order. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask, uh, I got more to say, but I'm going to ask uh, the ushers to bring those three chairs right here. And I'm going to begin asking Pastor Robert and Pastor Barbara to sit in them. This is Pastor Appreciation Month, and part of this word is what I'm going to be say over them. Thank you, Jesus. And turn to chapter 8 in your Bible. Yeah, y'all sit there and save one seat. Y'all can leave this middle one well, either way. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to read Nehemiah chapter 8 because it's a renewal of the covenant. It's a renewal of what God's doing. Verse 1, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man, in the street that was before the water gate. Somebody want to get before the water gate? <laughs> and they spake unto Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded in Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate, from morning until midday, before the men and the women and those that could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the books of the law. The reason I have your pastors here, Pastor Barbara, Pastor Robert, is because this is what they do. They teach the Word of God where they can understand, where the people can understand, where I can understand. They break down the prophetic word that's spoken through me, through the church, so that even the people that drink milk can eat it. So it touches the heart of every man. It touches the, the unsaved. It touches the spiritual. It touches the carnal. It touches all men. Verse 4, And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Methalah and Shema, and then all those names. And Ezra opened the book in verse 5, In the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting of their hands. See, they show us how to worship. Y'all show us how to teach. You show us how to worship. 
lifting up of their hands. This is the congregation, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And they caused the people to understand the law, verse 7, and the people stood to their place, stood in their place. So they read in the book of the law, verse 8, distinctly, and gave the sense and caused to understand the reading. There's the reading. Remember that man of God said, I got to do the reading now. It's pretty serious in here. Let me do the reading. The reading now. Then he would get in the spirit. Or there's the word on it. Then he said unto them, Go your way. Eat the fat, people. Drink the sweet. Send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. Send it out on the street. Take it to the ones that's not here. Take it to the ones that don't have any bread. Take it to the ones that don't know the word of God. Send it to the ones that don't have anything. Send the sweet. Send the portions throughout the land, throughout the state, throughout America, throughout nations. This is what we do when we go out like next weekend. Some of us will be going out, but I'll be back Sunday because I'm building here. So I'm driving six hours Friday and driving six hours home Sunday, Saturday, so I can be here. So we're going to build and take the vision out there, the vision that God gave us because he's given us a portion. He's given us a portion. And as long as I do my portion, Elder Bivens, then I'm okay with God. All I got to do is my portion. I don't do everybody else's portion. I do what God called me to do, and that's to release a prayer anointing, to be able to get your prayers answered, to be able to see that God does work on your behalf. Amen. He told me Genesis 12, 1 through 3, he said he'll give you a personal breakthrough. You break it down and study it's what it means. Say, make your name great. That means people know where you are. They know Freedom Ministries. Then he says, you're going to be a blessing to every family in the land. This is why we go. Amen. In verse 10, he says, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send the portions for them who have nothing prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. This day is holy. Honoring our pastors. They worked hard all year. Let's give them a hand clap. I'm going to ask Julie to come and bring them, uh, come, and uh, I'll hand you these and give to each pastor. We'll have a little gift for you. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, bear with me. We'll have a little gift for you. If you want to give to pastors, just put... Direct it on the envelope in a little bit and come giving the offering. You can go ahead and give it to them. We just honor you today. Amen. Let's give them a clap offering. Why? Because they're going to teach us the word and teach us to worship through prayer and through fasting and seeking God. Amen. Verse 10 says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I want to encourage Freedom Ministries today to don't be sad anymore. Shake that sadness off of you. Shake that depression. I'm sad if I want to be sad. I don't want to be sad. He said to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness so there's a way out of sadness. I don't have to be sad. And you say, but that only lasts a minute, then I'm sad again. Or it's time for an appointment to get that stronghold broken out of your life so you can live in joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, what is, what is the kingdom? What is the kingdom? It's not just saying, come out, devil, 
or money, money, money. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So Nehemiah had a key. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's why the enemy comes to get your joy so you don't have any fight in you to fight for your family, to fight like Nehemiah said, fight for your loved ones. He said, don't just give them over to the enemy. Fight for them. Hey, that's what I'm doing. I'm coming home to fight for our city, fight for this church. I don't want this church to die. I don't want what, what God's already used us to do to, to be no more. I want it to go forward through the generations because that's the word of God. Hey, thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for it, Lord. So a renewal of the covenant, a renewal of the covenant. And it says in chapter 9, I know I'm going through the scriptures. It's a prophetic word. Amen. Chapter 9 says in verse 2, And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins. And when you study Nehemiah, they confess the sins of their fathers. See, that's what pulling down strongholds. When we're at the altar this week, we're praying, God, whatever happened in the beginning that caused the scattering, whatever happened in the middle to cause, did you know there was a scattering in heaven? God showed me that. Because people put such a reproach on, on things when things happen. They say it's the leaders, it's the church. Do you know that the devil was cast down like lightning one third of the angels angels fell and left god there was a division and a scattering right there but he said after the scattering he's going to gather somebody say he's going to gather he's going to call them back to the place to the position so they can build again so i want to encourage you with that we already see some of that happening i text somebody the other day well i won't share that we're live in the seed of Israel, they confessed the iniquities of their fathers. Verse 2. Verse 3, they stood up in their place. What place? In my place of positioning. 2020, get in your position. Start now. Start now. Getting rid of the habits. Getting rid of the things that so easily beset you. I've been doing that. Get rid of it. Just get rid of it. Whatever keeps you from praying and seeking God. If it's a Coke, if, it, if that was my battle, Diet Coke. Well, when I fast, that battle would be there. It ain't worth it. So now he broke it out of me, and I can have one every now and then, but that thing had to be broken out of my life. Hallelujah. So it says, they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord. Who? Your pastors. Your pastors. Their God. One-fourth part of the day they did that. So we, de we decree the word, and we seem like we don't feel nothing. We in here praying, and decreeing the word it says they did that for one fourth part of the day they read the law of the lord and another fourth part they confessed and worshiped the lord their god so we see nehemiah he taught them to worship and ezra taught them the word so what's going to renew what's going to cause us to build again what's the renewal of the covenant to worship and the word to worship in the word. Do we got to worship in the word? Worship in the word. Worship in the word. That's what's going to renew the covenant. That's what's going to cause the people to come back. That's what's going to be no longer a missing link. No longer a breach. Because, because Elder Dana's taking her position and she's taking the worship. That way I can take the word and the pastors can take the word. Hallelujah. 
So Nehemiah says, why are y'all grieving? He says, stop grieving. Start building. Somebody say it. Stop grieving and start building. Quit looking at the things you didn't do right and start looking at the things you're going to do now. Quit looking at I'm a failure because I didn't do. Well, do now. <clears throat> Build now. Start today. Hey, I release a builder's anointing in this place today, God, for a new covenant for their positions and the ones coming in, Lord. We know that there's a mantle on us to put people in their destinies. There's a mantle on me to see what God's called you to do and draw you towards that. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one drawing you with his loving kindness and his tender mercies. He's the one saying, come on, it's not too late. He's the one saying, will you build again? He's the one saying, will you renew your vow to me? You didn't keep it last time, but there's another time. But when I was praying the other day, and I say this with all humbleness, God told me, he said, this is the last chance. This is the last chance to win your city. This is the last chance for your church. This is the last chance for me. I don't know about y'all how many more chances you got. But for me, this is the one. And if we're going to do it, we have to go in there and do it now because he said this is the last. I don't know if it means he's coming back or what, but it's the last. So if we're going to do it, today's the day. It's no longer today to say I'm going to do it tomorrow and I'm going to wait till I'm good enough or God got to speak to me audibly. Really? So many people don't know their, their destinies. They, they don't know their purpose. Well, I encourage you to seek God and he'll show you your purpose. He'll show you your destiny. How did I know mine? Prayer. <laughs> I was praying in here one day supporting another minister, my pastor. She said, get up. You're going to preach that Sunday. So it comes out of prayer. You, don't, you can go do anything, and if you don't have that foundation, then you are not going to prosper. You are not going to prosper doing things out of your own mind. I'm not going to prosper unless I do it. What did it say? The joy of the Lord is my strength, not my own strength. My strength's not going to do it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He's going to do it through me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to get that hope start up in you again. We have a conference in, I think, two weeks, well, November the 9th and 10th. And her word is hope. And she saw people coming in here. She's never even been here, but she knows me. And I pray on her prayer line like four or five times. And she prays. She's a leader over about eight states. It may be more now. And she called me and said, I had a, I saw crossing. She didn't know about the meal. I hadn't told her. She said, I see people coming in your church. She didn't push herself. She didn't say, I need to be the speaker. She gave me a vision that she saw. I saw your church and people coming in to be encouraged. People coming in because of what's fixing to happen. That's what she said. What's fixing to happen, not what already happened. To be encouraged to build, to be encouraged to come forth and do your destiny. So whatever's discouraged you today, I break it off of you today. I break that discouragement off of you, and I release an encouragement. I break discouragement, and I release encouragement. Hey, kabasata. God, I ask you to flow in here today. Can we place? 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for bringing restoration. You know, Nehemiah had to make some changes. He had to bring a fresh reform to bring fresh to bring reformation. He had to there had to be some changes to stir some things up. So there is some changes and we're opening a prayer center uptown and the prayer will be from twelve to one and, and it's gonna be uh, is it Monday through Friday or Tuesday through Friday? Monday through Friday. It ha- it's not starting, it, it, not this week, but the next. Um, there'll still be people here a lot, but uh, that prayer is for the city. That prayer is a center to be for the city and to pray outward. But there'll still be people here fasting and praying and studying and those kind of things. If you ever have a need that needs to be met, you know how to text one of these pastors and get your need met. So he had to do some things. Amen. Somebody say, I'm the temple of God. So God, I ask that you bring reformation in their hearts and in their lives, that you restore their temple, my temple, God, from the things that's happened to us in the past, and that you take all reproach off of us, that you take all the affliction we've been through, that you give us joy, because that's where my strength is. It's in the joy Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.